why don't we pray a minute over the message today and then get right into it. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you, Lord, for these words that I believe you've given to me, a message for this congregation today. And this congregation includes many people that watch us and talk about us uh, online. Maybe they're at home. Maybe they're in a faraway place, even overseas. And, Lord, we thank you that every uh, person that hears this word will um, respond to it with faith, will respond to it with joy, uh, will understand what's being uh, said and, and um, uh, apply it to their life. Lord, I thank you for light, life, and peace and faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn, if you would, to Mark 16. I want to show you something I believe will just help all of us. Um, was actually got inspired uh, for this message. Mother was uh, listening to, she was, a, a sermon of hers, a video sermon of hers from many years ago, was featured on the Women of Substance podcast this last week. And so Mother was uh, listening to herself preach, <laughs> uh, 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 listening to her former self preach, and uh and uh I was uh we were outside by the by the uh patio and uh you know and the uh, back porch and just listening to that and I was overhearing most of it. And uh something 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 about her testimony inspired me for this message today, and that was that you know it's good to recount former miracles and blessings that the Lord has done in your life. All the way back to, well, first of all, you should be grateful that you were even born. (laughs) But, uh, you know, without going through every single step of life, uh, that's something you can do on your own time. Amen. But also being grateful and thankful for salvation being grateful and thankful, and not just grateful and thankful, but remembering the miracle of it. Perhaps the change that occurred in your life when you heard the gospel, when you accepted Jesus, when you became a believer. Amen? So that change, and we used to sing little songs, what a change in my life since Jesus came. You know, we he changed our heart. He changed our life. Amen? How many can testify of that? You know, really, that's the greatest miracle because it's the most long-lasting. It's eternal. It's eternal, where every other blessing that we experience is temporary. It's it's temporal for this world. So we set our affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. So to, to recount what the Lord has done, we used to sing that song, Count your blessings, tell what the Lord has done. Count your many blessings, you know, tell what he's done. And so... um in in recounting or counting the blessings of the Lord, uh, we need to um, remember the miracles that that He had, the the great things that uh, He has done for us. Amen. If you've ever experienced a healing, if you've ever experienced uh, any kind of other blessing, praise God. Uh, miracle of finance, miracle of you know, a, a job situation that looked hopeless and the Lord turned it around. How many can testify of, of something? You can think of one thing even yeah. that the Lord uh, has done for you a great blessing. Yeah. 
And so, uh, in that, um, it was, it was just great to hear Mother recount uh, the testimony of her, her healing. In 1954, she was given up to die with terminal melanoma cancer. It was all over her body. Uh, that's, that's, that's a, a real, all cancer is bad, but that's a real bad one. And it spreads very quickly. And even today, they really don't have a cure. They can kind of, you know, treat a few things with that for, for melanoma. But especially in 1954, there just wasn't a lot of hope. And uh, she was healed. Jesus came into her eighth-floor hospital room and spoke to her some things and uh, um, told her she was going to be fine. And from that day forward, the next day she went downhill really bad, and then they thought that was it. But then she climbed out of the hole, and here she is, 93, playing the piano and worshiping God. So, uh, and they said, uh, you could be dead in six weeks. So, praise the Lord. And it wasn't because of the miracle of modern science that she's here. They had no hope. They sent her home to die. They said, we'll keep a room, a bed ready for you. Mother said, you can rent your bed out to somebody else. Because uh, I've talked to Jesus. I've had a little talk with Jesus, and he made it right. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And so it's easy. And then I, we, we were discussing, we were talked about the miracle of our family. You know, my father was a state overseer uh, in the Church of God for the state of Iowa. And uh, we came home one night after a long trip, came in and cranked the heat up in this uh, 19... 30s Tudor house that was the the parsonage for the state overseer and uh didn't know it but birds had built nest in the top of the of the flue and so the house filled with carbon monoxide and uh by the time the paramedics showed up after everything started happening I don't have time to tell all that but um they said a roach bug wouldn't have lived in that house in 30 minutes no, nothing would have survived there was no oxygen and uh literally no oxygen and we were we were our brains were swelling we were dying that's why i have such an enormous mind today <laughs> my brain swelled but anyway um um you know you think about the miracle of coming out of that and 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 how god uh, used especially my sister was awakened in the night she uh, the Lord spoke to her and said, if you want to, if you, you and your whole family is going to die if you don't, if you don't wake up and get everybody up. And so she did. And God used my sister to, to, uh, wake, uh, awaken us. Amen. And, uh, praise God. And just all the things that happened and then on and on more and more and more. You can just think of every kind of miracle and story. And, uh, we thought about some people sometimes that, it seems like that they just drift away from the things of God. They get cold. We call it kind of cold-hearted or hard-hearted. And I looked up, and the Bible has a lot to say about that. What causes it and what leads to fear. If you've ever noticed somebody that's kind of pulled away from the things of God, oftentimes you'll see them as a very fearful person. They're, they, every news report freaks them out. They're on, they're on all kinds of, of pills and everything to keep themselves from freaking out all the time. 
Uh, I'm not knocking. If you're on some psychotic thing or whatever, stay on it, please. Either get off of it or stay on it or I don't know what you need to do. But anyway, I'm not a psychiatrist. But, um, you know, oftentimes so much of our anxiety and stress is a result of forgetting who God is and forgetting whom we serve and all of his mighty power and what he can do for us. Amen. And what he has done for us and have faith in him. And people say, well, I'm just freaked out. And I'll say, well, turn the TV off. The Amish actually had the fewest cases of COVID because they didn't have TVs. That's the truth. Nobody told them they were supposed to get sick, so they didn't. You know, there's something to that, isn't there? Because <laughs> you know, we we we, you know, faith comes faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and fear comes by hearing, and hearing by CNN, Fox, and you know, whoever, you know. So. Um, <laughs> We're talking about overcoming a hard heart. Yes. Colon, which means something. Remembering God's miracles. This is how we overcome a hard heart. Now, if you're in fear and you're in anxiety and you're freaking out, <laughs> you need to realize what is really happening there. There's a reason for it. And the reason from the word is you've forgotten the miracles of God. All right, that went over big. Everybody shouting, <laughs> biting each other, and walking. You know, Mark sixteen. Let's read verse fourteen. Now, remember, we did Mark sixteen um, last Sunday, and uh, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of back up from there. Mark, we we read Mark sixteen fifteen. Remember about the Great Commission. And then I want you to look at verse, uh, uh, actually verse 12. After that he had appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Well, they weren't a very useful residue, were they? I'm going to be a part of the remnant. Well, be a part of the believing remnant, not the... Not believing residue. Uh, afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their, un- in other words, rebuked them. I think it's a rebuke and an encouragement all at the same time. It's not just a rebuke, but it's a, let me tell you what's wrong and I'm going to encourage you to do it right and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Notice those words, hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now, that's the very group, the hard heart residue, is the group he's going to leave the church the, the church in the hands of. Isn't that just brilliant? Um, he... he, he, he uh, said unto them, that same group, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So now he's going to empower them with the Holy Spirit to do their, to do that. But uh, first of all, he's telling them they need to watch their heart. It's really, 
because they're going to be facing, he knew they were going to be facing the death of the cross. They were going to be facing persecutions. They were going to be facing hardships. And he's telling them, you're going to need faith and you're going to need to stay out of fear to get it done. Or you'll end up like Peter. I didn't, I don't know no Jesus. I don't, you know, know anybody named Jesus. And, uh, three times he couldn't have held credentials in the assemblies of God. <laughs> they would, they would have, they would have, um, said you've committed the unpardonable sin three times in a row. You're done. You can't even serve as an usher. But, um, Peter denied Christ three times. And, um, that's why the chicken is the gospel bird. Cause it, you know, that when that, when that rooster crowed three times, that he also crowed. And then, um, you know, he denied Christ three times and then chickens have been sacrificed ever since for being a part of the betrayal at church dinners. But, um, you can see here the reason for their hardness of heart because they believed not. Amen. Amen. So how, you can see hardness of heart, unbelief, and fear all run together. Yeah. Well, I believe if you read, if you went to the book of Acts, which we're, we're not going there, but if you went to the book of Acts and read all that the early church did, um, it's really amazing what they did in the face of persecution, in the face of some of them being arrested by folks like Saul <laughs> and dragged to Rome and put in the Circus Maximus and put in the Colosseum as, uh, you know, bait for alligators swimming around and lions and bears and that kind of thing and all kinds of sacrifices. And so the church kept growing. They'd put them in jail, and they'd get the jail saved, and the jail would get out, and they'd go back to all their respective places, and they would preach the gospel. So it was unstoppable, and Jesus knew what was required. Amen? Now listen, this is a day and time that we can learn to live in victory. This is a day and time that we can learn to live uh, and overcome. I don't care what the news is. I don't care what's being said. I don't care what's not uh, uh, happening, amen, in your life. But you can, uh, or in the world, praise God, we can rise above it. We can be the peculiar people that walk around smiling and everybody thinks we're high on something. What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm a Christian. That's what's wrong with me. Praise God, and I have hope, and I have faith. And God's going to turn it around. Well, you know, Mrs. So-and-so on the idiot box said that, you know, this was the way it was going to be. You know, uh, there, there's a generation that used to believe everything in the newspaper. If it was, if it was printed, it had to be true. Now we don't trust any newspaper, any news outlet. I, I actually, my, my son Nick and I, uh, uh, from a friend of his, long story, but anyway, his father, this man, this friend, his father was pretty high up in the Secret Service, and so um, he had 
had been in Tulsa Secret Service office and then got transferred to Washington, D.C. So he took Nick and I on a tour of the Secret Service uh, headquarters, which d- does not have a big neon sign, by the way. It's secret. Yeah. But he said everybody in town knows where it is. But it's kind of the unspoken request. I see that hand, you know. But... um he took us on a tour of that place, and one of the one of the rooms that they have that's running right now today is the media room. Now, the media room at the Secret Service is not to give press. You know, you, when's the last time you heard a Secret Service press release? They don't talk to the press. But um, the Secret Service room, uh, pre- media room, was this room like you'd see in a movie almost. I mean, it was dark and several layers of seating, about three with tables and chairs, an analyst in there, and, and there's split screens in there. Of every news um, uh, agency is playing 24-7 in there on that Secret Service room because they're watching the news for any code or anything given out, you know, and that kind of thing or any kind of something that they may have missed and something to investigate. So, I mean, they're all on there, ABC, CBS, NBC, you know, Fox, uh, CNN, everybody, MSNBC. So they're all on there, all the things, public, everything, public and private, whatever you want to say. You know, all the news outlets, like uh, a dozen of them or more. And they sit there and, and analyze. They have analysts that sit there and analyze it to see if they're hearing anything. And he said, this is the most uproarious laughter room in the place. He said, every now and then, the whole place falls out laughing at the ridiculous news stories that are being propagated to the American public, and it's nothing more than propaganda. There's no truth to it at all. They're making it up. And he said, we know because we have the facts. Don't you think the Secret Service might have some facts? They have the facts. And he said, the whole thing is baloney. And he said, we listen to it now at home with a grain of salt. Like he said, there may be some great story or whatever where there's a grain of truth to it, but generally speaking, it's not true. So why would we let them set our mood is the point. (laughs) Why would we let them produce fear in us or hope in us or lack of hope when it's baloney? Praise God, preach, Pastor. And I heard that firsthand, that it's it's primarily uh, bogus. So remember that when you're watching something and you go, you know, turn it off and get a bowl of popcorn and put in a DVD of, I don't know, don't watch Hallmark too much. You'll lose your mind. They always did the same. Yeah. It's. The same characters and the same story in a different Vermont town. All right. Look at Mark. So anyway, here, here, the last thing he does is to warn us about a hard heart. Uh, look at Mark 6, 46. Praise God. You getting anything out of this? No, it's the first miracle. (laughs) 
Mark 6, 46. Um, am, I in, am I in the right place? Um, yeah, here it is. Okay. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. When the evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone on the land. When he saw them toiling to rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit. And cried out. These are the first charismatics. Everything's a spirit. I just feel like there's a spirit of, you know, whatever. Well, stop feeling everything. I was telling Scarlett the other day, a pastor friend of ours in Oklahoma, he's pastoring a church, and he'd gotten a little heavy onto the deliverance side, you know, a little too much. You can get You can get in the ditch on anything. And he said that, he looked up, he saw this demon up above the top of the back of the church, and, and it was sitting here like this, looking. And he said, I looked down, and some of the people were looking like that. And he said, it was the spirit of contemplation had come upon the church. <laughs> uh, this guy's serious, you know. It's so ridiculous. Everything's the spirit, you know, the spirit of contemplation. I'm thinking, you need the spirit of certification. We used to have... They're coming to take you away, you know. You lost it, man. This guy really lost it. See, the first charismatic, they supposed it had been a spirit. I actually feel like that's a spirit. You know, when Peter got out of jail, he's knocking on the door. They prayed that he'd get released, and he's knocking at the door. And Rhoda, remember Rhoda from Rhoda Morgenstein from, from Brooklyn? Anyway, Rhoda, the Bible says Rhoda came and said, uh, Peter's knocking at the door. And they're going, it's his spirit. I said, oh, for God's sakes, these wackos have been with us from day one. Said, no, it's not his spirit, it's him, you ding-dong. Open the door. He's trying to run away from the authorities, and here he is, and you're praying him out of jail, and you're so weird that you want to say it's his spirit. It's not a spirit, it's actually him. This was not a spirit either, it was Jesus. Hey, I'm your Messiah and everything. Here I am. Oh, it's his spirit. Dear God, help us. And cried out. They all saw him and were troubled. Why would seeing Jesus make you troubled? Something's wrong with that. And then we sing songs. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. Well, here they're seeing him and they're freaked out. <laughs> Isn't that something? If you, you know, something, we need to read the word like really practically, not just like be all weird about it. The holy word of God, you know. Okay, fine. But get, you know, relate it. Amen. When they saw him were troubled and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, be of good cheer. Like, come on, cheer up. It is I. Be not afraid. And he went up into 
them unto the ship, into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed. You're so amazed, you're sore. Sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Well, who did they think they were worshiping? Who did they think they were following? I mean, this is not Mickey Mouse. This is Jesus. Come on. For they considered not. Here's their problem. Why were they not blessed by it? It doesn't ever say they were even blessed by it. He was telling them, cheer up. Let's, you know, let's hang out, whatever. And they're like, I don't know. I'm sore afraid. I'm sore amazed. I'm sore. Come on. And they, they're just sitting there staring at him, wondering, and, 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 and why were they not? I think there was a great blessing for them that night. There was something they should have seen about authority that they didn't get, that they didn't pass on to the rest of the body of Christ, and we're still struggling with it. What was missed here? Preach, pastor. What was missed? They missed something, didn't they? Come on, they missed it. They messed it up. Jesus was going to surprise them. Hey, y'all! You know, and they're like, ah! It's a spirit! Why do they instantly go negative? Why is it dark? Why is it, I don't know, what's the worst case scenario? Worst, you got to watch worst case scenario, people. Something's wrong with them on the inside. Well, I don't know, I've just seen these things go bad, and I don't... I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you right here in a minute from the Scripture. If you're a worst caser, be a best case. How about a best case scenario? Well, what's the best thing that could happen? Well, healing could occur. A miracle could happen. Money can come. Something can change. Your life can be turned upside down in a good way. How about that? Instead of, well, I don't know. Last time we went through this, it was really bad. Jesus, come help me. So he appears. Ah, it's a spirit. This is ridiculous. And so they missed the blessing. He came. I think, I think anytime Jesus would show up, it would be good. Well, everything was going well till Jesus showed up. No, nobody has said no one ever. <laughs> when Jesus shows up, it's light, it's bright, it's happy. That's, he said, cheer up! Cheer! Be of good cheer! What did he say? Be of good cheer! <laughs> he said, be of good cheer. That means, let's be happy. No, we want to be spiritual and weird and it's a spirit. And it said... The problem is right here, and the whole point of the message is in verse 52. This is the B-52 bomber right here, which was also a roller skating, uh, uh, roller derby, uh, the Hollywood bombers. Uh, for they considered not, the B-52, for they considered not, the, they considered not, they forgot. They didn't remember what they should have remembered. They considered not the miracle of the loaves. We could say loaves and fishes 
for their heart was hardened. It seems that forgetting the miracles of God hardens the heart. And what does that produce? Fear. And even when Jesus has appeared to you and has come to you, either through the Word or or a, a vision or just your imagination or whatever, however you you receive the Spirit coming to you, and, and, and here's the Holy Spirit, here's Jesus coming on the scene, they're in a great storm. It says that, you know, the wind, the wind and the waves were picking up, and, and He's come on the scene to bring cheer, not just peace and calm. Be still and know that I am... Oh, I like that too, but I mean, there's a time for that, but there's a time to be cheerful. And clap your hands and sing, I'm in the glory land way, a little bit. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. I like both ends of it. But I'm just telling you, there, we always think, oh, when the Holy Spirit shows up, you're going to hear a pin drop. It's Mormon tabernacle time. <laughs> they drop the pin. You can hear it, you know. The acoustics are perfect. Anyway, you know, we always think, oh, it's going to be like, like a funeral almost. You know, the solemnity of a funeral. Uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit shows up, because everything's so whisper quiet. But Jesus shows up and says, Hey, let's have a party! Jesus was the epitome of joy. Praise God! You're sure yelling today, Pastor. I know, I'm scared at. Anyway, it's a good thing. They considered not the miracle of the loaves. Now, you know, of all the miracles, Jesus always, when he upbraided them for the hard heart, it was always about the loaves and miracle, the loaves and fishes miracle. And isn't it interesting that he, he, that was the one he picked. Multiplication of a natural thing was what he picked to say, you've forgotten. He didn't say you've forgotten the blind eyes, the deaf ears, the lame legs, the leprosy. Uh, healed all those raised the dead. He didn't say any of those great things. He mentioned only the loaves and fishes every time. Somehow there's some, I would say there's some significance there. Don't come ask me after the service. What's the significance? I've got to research it. I don't know, but I'm telling you there is some great significance that why we should ask the question, shouldn't we? And we should research it. Don't ask me at lunch what it is. I don't know. But I'm telling you that we should know. We should know. It's a shame I don't know. But, I mean, you know, we should know why that one. Why that one above all the other ones? Why? Amen. And so, you know, everybody's got an opinion, but we have to search the Scripture to find out why that one was the one that he said they had forgotten, which caused the hardness of heart. Now, we don't have to become legalistic about that, but I think that there's something to it. Amen? There's there's something about that particular miracle. That was an impossible situation. You can't take, uh, and, and Rick Renner has done a fantastic job in telling us exactly the measurement of that food. And he said it wasn't even, you know, the the Bible illustrators like to have these big, huge, you know, like, Loaves like Cuban bread, you know, loaves that are like that long, uh, sticking out of this huge basket full of fish. That is not a little boy's lunch. 
It's more like a lunchable. That's what he said. It's more like a lunchable. It was actually some, what the Greek word for what the boy ate was little crackers with a little bit of fish smear on it, like a sardine. Sardines and crackers. They're fishing food, along with Vienna sausages. That's what you take fishing. My dad took me fishing, and that's what he fed you. Vienna sausages, Polish sausages in vinegar, pickled eggs, pickled pig's feet. We're getting to South Georgia here now, up north here. And Vienna, I said that already, more of those. And premium saltine crackers in a metal box. Coca-Cola and peanuts. That's it. You got to eat that till you catch fish. And if it jumps on the hook, we're going to kill it and fry it and eat it. We had a saying down south, you know, somebody said, well, look, you, for Christmas, you, you've taken magnolia leaves and spray painted them gold and hung them up on the wall. And the story is, yeah, whatever we don't batter and fry, we paint gold and hang on the wall. Anyway. Hebrews 3. Can you see anything out of this that's helping? We need to remember and recall the great things that the Lord has done. Like that song, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord and forget not His benefits. He has done great things. You know, some Wednesday night we might just have a testimony hour where bring your greatest testimony. Now, don't start in 1962 and have to relive your life. But I'm saying, <laughs> you know, just to say this is what the Lord has done for me. And uh, it's good to recount it. It's good to say, you know, I was healed. I was blessed. I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. I didn't know how we were going to make the mortgage. I don't know how we were going to pay the rent. I don't know how we were going to pay for the car. And God came through. I didn't, the doctor said no hope, and I'm still here. Praise God. They told me I was fired. And they called the next morning and said, can you show up? I mean, stuff happens when people pray, believe God. And refuse to be in fear and turn off the TV. It's bad when you're watching bad news from CNN and Fox and then you turn to the Christian channel and it's a guy uh, selling survival food. Come on, people. I'm thinking you think, well, I'll turn to the Christian channel and hear something blessed. You need to order this canned food. It lasts 25 years underground. Oh, really? That's a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle. Jesus is coming back. The trumpet sounds and nobody hears because we're underground eating canned tuna. And Jesus says, uh, this is it. This is the big event. I've been telling you about it. You've been singing about it. 
Where are you? We're down here. We're afraid to come out. We have survival food. Would you like a snack? Dear God in heaven, help us. Oh, that's glorious. All right, Hebrews 3, 8. Well, 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, how about today be a good day for victory? Today, if you will hear his voice, say, I will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. As in the provocation, meaning he was provoked. To In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. They lived a 40-year miracle of provision. Their shoes didn't wear out. There wasn't one feeble. I would say even someone that was up in years and age, they were not feeble. They were old but not sick, and they were not feeble. Imagine that. And he said, wherefore, or therefore, I was grieved with that generation. And said, they do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into rest. And then he's warning us, don't make the same mistake. Where's the promised land? It's right here and now. Promised land is the new covenant. Living in the New Testament, that's the promised land. The promised land's not heaven. Heaven is part of the promised land, but that's not, you don't have to wait to heaven to have the promised land. The, prom, the promised land in the old covenant is a type of living in the new covenant. Praise God. And so he says, you could also not enter into what God has for you by making the same mistake, forgetting the goodness of God in the land of the living, forget, for, forgetting what God has done for you, what He's doing for you, and forgetting about all that, and uh, and just being in fear. And, he, and that provoked him. The only thing that's keeping him from being provoked now with the church is the grace of God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. And God is satisfied. He's not in heaven mad. Man, you'll hear some people preach. No wonder we don't have any victory. They've got Jesus weeping over all the sin. They've got the Holy Spirit grieved. And God's angry. Wow, we've got a real team there. I've been in services where all that stuff was prophesied. And it's ridiculous. It's, again, it's <laughs> because Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. We've got victory today in Jesus. And, and I'm not under all that. If you want to join that group and be under it, fine. Knock yourself out. I'll, I can tell you where to go up the street and you can find that. But I, oh, I'm not living in that mess. I'm, I'm, I'm like that song I've kind of wrote, <laughs> I'm on the victory side. I'm on the victory side of the cross. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The victory side. The victory side of the cross is the seat. Jesus seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah.
far above all principality, power, and might, and every name is named, not only today, but tomorrow, not only in this world, but that which is to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's who we are. We're the body of Christ, so we're the foot. At least we're the toe, the little toe. Well, I'm just the little toe for Jesus. Well, good. At least you're in Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, that's where's that little toe? Far above. The devil's under our feet. He's defeated. Amen. Did you get anything out of that? So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to stay in faith. And one of the ways we're going to stay in faith is, yes, hear the word, quote the word, recite the word, but we're also, and read the word, but we're also going to recount the blessings. That old song, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, what the Lord has done. Amen. God has done great things. Bless his holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, let's just sing that. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. He has done great things. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless His holy name. Amen. Praise God. Let that be your testimony and your song. Amen.